the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Any questions you might have, I'm pretty sure we could answer them. Um, the trick is, is again, to not be shy. Um, taking a look at Wall Street today, and Wall Street's open and the year. There's a lot to talk about. Um, how upset are you? How freaked out are you? Um, things to talk about. Dow falls 300 on the opening bell. The NASDAQ fell almost 100 on the opening bell. And the S&P 500 closed, uh, fell about 36. All of them about 2% lower, give or take. Um, some of the headlines. And again, I kind of like doing this in perspective. Global equity markets are pretty much so a mess due to the same old, same old. This time last year, it felt like we were talking about Greece every day. Now I feel like I'm talking about falling oil prices. Growth concerns on a worldwide basis. Debt concerns, which to me is heavily tied towards falling oil prices, as that's a big money generator for countries around the world. Earnings concerns and policy concerns. Um, The price action itself is perhaps the biggest source of concern, as it has been a relentless effort to cut equity positions, even on days when the news appears to be relatively good. So the sell-off is happening. Now, does it stop at 10%, 20%? We're close to 10%, right? Depending on which market you're looking at, we're either there or pretty darn close. Uh, investor sentiment is frayed. Uh, people are stressed. You know, sliding through where we were in August 2015, it's eyeing October 2014 lows on the S&P 500. And that's kind of a inflection point for people. And they're going, whoa. Oil prices have dropped below $28 a barrel. 
27.91. Foreign direct investment in China has declined 5.8% year over year. People's Bank of China, the PBOC, didn't come through with a rate cut or reduction in the reserves required. Standard Poor's had a potential for bond downgrades as the highest it's been since 2009. It's a rating agency, Standard Poor's. The Bank of Japan has reportedly considered pushing out its time frame for meeting its inflation target. And the Consumer Price Index and Housing Starts report for December were both weaker than expected. Real issue, which flows from all of the above, is, to me, earnings are weak because oil prices have dropped, foreign direct investment in China's dropped, People's Bank of China didn't cut interest rates, um, bond ratings were weak, consumer price index and housing starts were both weaker than expected. So earnings are falling because of those reasons, and earning estimates in particular. IBM's earnings report was accentuated by a lack of growth with total revenue declining year over year for the 15th straight quarter. That's a long time. If we're allowed to use curse words, I'd say that's a long word that rhymes with bass time. That's a long bass time. Holy mackerel, right? When you say 15 straight quarters, are you talking almost four years? Yes. Yes! hi oh Yes! You are correct, sir. <laughs> so IBM is struggling. Um, let's see how old IBM's doing. I don't own any shares of IBM, but they've kind of hung in there for the last couple of years. Ooh, not so much in the last year. Um, but in the last five years, it's basically gone from about 160 to now where it is right now, 122. But it's only gone down beneath that 160 area. In the last three months, it had been staying in there, like going kind of sideways to up to sideways to sideways to sideways. Now it trades at eight times next year's earnings. IBM is a member of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, Big fat dividend. Mm, Boy, that's a big fat dividend. Um, So the bear market looks like it's arrived. Rawr. Are we going to go from correction to bear market? Bear market 20% off from all-time highs. Oil tumbles and stumbles and bumbles to a 12-year low beneath $28 a barrel. Um, Italian banks' bad loans continue to mount. Another reason not to like Italy. Pasta. Bad banks. Bad loans. Um, Let's see what we got. U.S. economy stuck in a 2% rut. I think that's fair to say. Most Fed policymakers and private forecasters are giving up on the long a way to break out for the U.S. economy, now predicting continued growth that is a little faster than 2%. Back you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we'd say, yeah, the U.S. economy grows t- you know, between 2 to 4%, 4% when it's hot, 2% when it's kind of, you know, eh. So, but now we seem to be 2% is the new norm. Um, as Miley Cyrus would say, you came in like a wrecking ball. You came in like a wrecking ball. Global markets are selling off like a wrecking ball. You hear me? I know you're saying you can't get that kind of singing quality from uh, FM. But this isn't FM. This is AM. This is awesome. This is where the te- future of technology is AM radio. Really Goldman right. Sachs 
thank you, Simon. Goldman Sachs appeared to top earnings expectations, yet its revenue was down 5.5% for the year. Netflix delivered some nice revenue growth up 22.8%, but its earnings were down sharply as it invested in growing its international business. They're not going to make a lot of money. They're not going to make two cents in international markets for a while. They don't have two cents to rub together, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, um, so the the rub here is is the equity market. Uh, we'll start thinking about the Fed again soon. The Federal Reserve may still look at the December CPI report as a qualifying marker for raising the Fed funds rate because it shows progress towards meeting the Fed's two percent inflation target. But to that end, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, which you and I pay for things, is up seven tenths of a percent year over year. Um. So that kind of validates the Fed ever so slightly because last reading in November was up five tenths of a percent. Housing starts data was relatively soft. Starts in decreased 2.5% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.1 million, which left them up 6.4% year over year. Not bad. Uh, soft, but not bad. Building permits, which is a sign of future activity, dipped. The dip was much smaller than expected thanks to a 1.8% pickup in permits for single family units. Um, is that the pick-me-up for the market today? Probably not. Sometimes when it, when the ball starts rolling, the ball starts rolling. Leonardo DiCaprio trying to pick up chicks yet again, blast big oil for corporate greed. Um, the schmooze fest in Davos is underway, and Leonardo DiCaprio is there. So taking shots at coal and oil and gas, and he says, we simply cannot afford to allow the corporate greed of the coal, oil, and gas industries to determine the future of humanity. Is he trying to pick up chicks, or is that common sense? I hope he gets some sarcasm in my voice on occasion. So the market is a wrecking ball right now. Learn about income and retirement. Come to my January 28th seminar in Palo Alto, 6.30 at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. World stocks getting slammed on 12-year low in oil. On one level, it feels kind of good. On one level, it feels kind of like, ooh, right? You like the cheap oil, don't you? Don't you? Um... So world stocks getting hit. The route began today in Asia. Japan's Nikkei closed in a bear market to find as a 20% drop from recent top. Chinese stocks in Hong Kong fell to their lowest level since 2007. 
It's been the worst start ever to a calendar year for the stock market from the first day of trading of 2016. Um, the S&P 500 is down 8%, and it's been pretty much so. It feels like day after day after day, a little bit of reprieve, and then day after day after day, a little bit of reprieve. Housing starts and permits fell in December, telling you that, again, the ankle bone is connected to the elbow. Housing starts and permits fell in December after hefty gains one month prior. If you were to try to guess when was the best, when is the best time to sell your home, it might have been summer last year as far as maximizing in the short term. Max short term to me is three to five years. Leonardo DiCaprio is in Davos blasting the oil industry's corporate greed. Love that, man. Hollywood star blasting coal, oil, and gas industries. Um, adding insult to injury. Uh, those commodities have been getting crushed as of late. Royal Dutch Shell announced yesterday that they're going to axe 10,000 jobs. IBM, IBM International Business Machines, their revenue slides, but cloud business is growing. The tech giant warns that earnings for the coming year are going to be lower than expected. Stock's getting beat up on that. It's a 104-year-old tech giant. Um, they lowered investor expectations. They're blaming the weakening global economic climate raising questions about whether 2016 will bring their much long-awaited turnaround. Reed Hastings not too worried about Netflix subscribers dropping the service when the price tag goes up later this year. The streaming giant recently raised the price of its standard subscription fee from $8.99 to $9.99 for new members. For some existing subscribers that are in at $7.99, um, they're going to see higher bills in the near future. Um, with that said, or extrapolating that a little bit more, having fun with that story a little bit more, is Netflix has been on a tear, and it's clearly something that people feel there's some value tied towards it. Um, their earnings have been fantastic. Not earnings, their revenue growth has been fantastic. Um, and they recently said, we're going international. So don't look for that company to make profits anytime soon from the international business. Um, you might remember... A couple of years back in 2011, Netflix made an uproar when they said, you know, we're going to split our company into two, the DVD business as, you know, send it out to people as well as the streaming. And now you almost think of the DVD business as like, ooh, do you remember what it was going to be called? It was called Quickster. Not the best name ever. So, uh, so rate hike sometime in second or third quarter for people who are paying $7.99 a month. This is the best month in years by airfare. January is going to average about $210 domestic round trips. So um, shop around now if you're going to be traveling uh, anytime in the next six months, and maybe even longer if you want to go ahead and book vacations for next year. Best time in a long time to buy airfares. Yahoo staffers fear the uh, company may slash 20 to 25 20 to, to 20 to 25% of the workforce. Um, you're not getting fired this week was the creepy message that Marissa Mayer sent out to employees at a company-wide meeting earlier this month. She said there are going to be no layoffs this week. What? Did you just say that out loud? You're freaking me out. And many of the employees laughed at her. Um, this is the reason employee morale is so low at this point. Um, it's a big gaffe. It's a big, you know, guffaw. It's a, it's a big mistake to say something like that. But uh, a lot of analysts are saying, you know, if this company is ever going to earn money, they got to, you know, downsize, 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 because labor is the most expensive part of a business. 
ESPN saying that Apple is frustrated with the negotiations over its TV service. ESPN is owned by Disney, and there's a guy who runs ESPN. His president's name is John Skipper. You have to wonder if sports have finally hit a plateau as far as what we're willing to pay athletes and pay for television packages. Um, Apple recently released an updated TV which focused on apps such as Netflix and casual gaming. The TV did not ship with its own TV bundle, however, and people were expecting that last year. Al-Qaeda, if you want to go join ISIS, how much do you think you'll make a month? They actually pay you to be an Islamic jihadist. You get to go visit Syria and Iraq. Uh, you earn between $412 a month. Uh, if you die, your wife gets 50 bucks and $25 for each kid. Salary means ISIS fighters would see their salaries dropped about $200 a month. Big salary cut happening. And maybe that's you know the way to, to battle a terrorist, just go after their money. Um, in 2014, ISIS collected 35 to $45 million in ransom fees alone. Most of those victims being local residents, but there was also some foreign aid workers and journalists. I know you're saying the economics of terrorists. Who knew? 41% of Americans took no vacation last year. Four in 10 Americans took no vacation days. One reason uh, that's so crazy is in large part because the number of workers, roughly one in four, who don't get any paid vacation from their employers. Many are such, you know, low-income workers that taking days off and not getting vacation days kind of, if you're not going to get paid, why take the day off? Or how can you take the day off if you're low-income and barely making ends meet? 60% of restaurants fail within the first year, and nearly 80% are shut down by their fifth birthday. I've had some people disagree with that statistic in the past, and uh, the number one reason is simply location. And due to lack of self-awareness, Getting on the right street, getting foot traffic, really, really important. Uh, having good parking if you're going to be in a more rural area, really, really important. You can have the best of meatballs in the world. These are spicy meatballs. Um, so, landlord cares about rent. Um, if restaurant's not paying the rent, they're going to close. So... I want to worry so much about the bad lasagna, you know, from Yelp. You get the idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Oil route is weighing on global stocks today. Um, As ISA or ELSA, maybe ISIS once said, let it go, let it go. Um, There's nothing you can do in a market route. It starts to snowball. Dow plunges 400 today. S&P 500 at the lowest level since late 2014 as oil is sliding. No end in sight. Um, it kind of snowballs. People get panicky when they see the worst 10 days ever on the market open to start the year. I get it. Have a shopping list. Be ready. Take a break. Be right back. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. It's been ugly in the markets this year. On a first 10-day trading basis, the market saw the worst start to the year ever. The pain and the hits keep on coming. A lot of oil volatility, lots of oil volatility tied towards slower world growth, which ties towards corporations earning less money when there's less world growth. A lot of talk about, you know, where do you go? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. We will be doing an event together coming up soon, January 28th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, tied towards income and retirement. With what you're seeing in the stock market, Chad, let's go off script for a second. Do you change the way you handle retirement? Do you change the way you handle income in retirement? No, not at all. I mean, part of the strategy that you know, I created years ago is to be able to deal with downturns in the economy. I mean, it's almost like clockwork Rob. here. It's, we've got uh, probably, I don't know, if I'm going to guess, and that's all they ever are, and economists are more wrong than they are right, um, I'm not an economist, but I'm seeing, you know, blurbs of 30% to 50% chance for a recession in 2016. Um, and part of the reason for that is that, you know, they come every six and a half, seven years since World War II. We went straight up. We kind of went to slow growth mode. And now we've got a big disruptor in commodity and emerging markets, which is oil. That has to do with a lot of geopolitical issues, things like Iran coming back online, great timing with that deal because, you know, now they're going to be fighting with Saudi Arabia regarding oil prices, which is supposed to be one of our allies. And uh, so it's creating a lot of uncertainty at a time when earnings growth has slowed and revenue has kind of a bit stalled out. Um, the market, Rob, is really, really good at overpricing and overreacting to a recession. So the things that, you know, we're, we're looking at right now is that you make sure that the, the stocks and things like that that you own um, have a dividend and a stable dividend. Um, if it looks like they don't, you get a something like IBM, which has been punished over the last year um, because they've got decent free cash flow. They're a dividend achiever, but their revenues aren't exactly going in the right direction. But this this started last year. I mean, the S&P 500 would have been negative without the FANG stocks, the Facebook Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and, and Google. Um, and small caps over the last two years have been saying, hey, you know, there's we're, we're lagging behind large caps, and, that, and then large caps typically follow down. And so, you know, we see all this, but do I go 100% cash? Absolutely not, because the bottom comes in at some point, and then it goes back up. And during that whole period of time, I'm still collecting dividend yields to, you know, 2 to 3% creating income, most of those companies still increase their dividends even when the stock market's down because they don't care what the stock's doing for the day. They care what the free cash flow's doing. Um, so we do need to see it, uh, Chinese currency stabilization. We need to know what Apple's seen um, when they report on the 26th, I believe it is. Um, oil needs to stabilize because of the instability that's created in emerging markets. Um, and we need to see earnings guidance become a little bit more pessimistic because Rob, you know these guys, right? They're a lot of times working for a company. They might have an English degree, and 
um, they can write a good report and think why, you know, guidance should come down. They get overly pessimistic and then they get overly optimistic. Um, so we need the VIX to go a little bit higher, earnings guidance to come down a little bit, and the Federal Reserve to tell the markets, okay, yeah, we're going to wait and step back. We're probably not going to do four hikes in 2016. And today's a good day in terms of what you need to see to put eventually get a, a bottom in there. I'm not calling that there's a bottom right now. I'm not ready to rebalance and, and uh, go overboard on stocks or anything like that. But you need kind of this capitulation. You need to see gold up, uh, long-term treasuries up like you're seeing today, and um, just kind of an across-the-board sell-off. Um, and one more thing, valuations. Um, you know, they're, they're still a little bit high in terms of if you do go into a recessionary environment. Um, so can it get a little bit worse? Yeah, but I think it's just going to be more and more buying opportunities. Don't panic out, put your seatbelt on, collect the dividends, and, you know, this, this too will pass is how you have to look at it. You just ran on for like four minutes there. Um, I did, I know, yeah, so, I had a lot to say. <laughs> I know. Um, we've covered gold, kind of. I would, my personal opinion is stay on gold, um, just unless you're looking for safe haven, which if you're looking for safe haven, I, the story doesn't add up yet. Um, yeah. U.S. economy and jobs are too solid. Um, there's too much cheap money in the world. Um, yeah, things could get hairier for sure, but gold to me is just not... Just not going to go out there and increase in value because it doesn't have a job. It doesn't earn income. It doesn't. It just sits there and looks pretty. What's your opinion on gold? You know, um, I, I don't. For for super large portfolios, it's kind of a diversifier and kind of a hedge against what central banks may or may do in terms of over intervention or, or lack of. And hopefully, 2016 is a year where the stock market and what the central banks are doing finally detaches. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of Janet Yellen in the market reacting to what she says it's just it's, it's annoying and it's not which really, tells me you're reacting which tells me you're reacting to what she says well i'm no, not no, i don't no, have a lot of no, anger towards her you have anger towards her i can't i can't i can't listen to her Rob. you know that she talks too slow i'm used to people like you that talk really fast so i have to read what she says afterwards but um the there the central bank's around the world, that's why people are, are finally looking at gold again. But what we're doing is looking at some point within hopefully in 2016 where I think commodities eventually bottom, and that could be in, in including gold. And the way that you want, want to get that exposure, if you have a larger portfolio, this is you know well over half a million dollars, is we're reviewing uh, things like managed futures funds, and they, they are able to deal with trends in currencies and commodities because they change quite often and commodities are very volatile. So I'm not really a fan of buying directly into oil or directly into gold. There's a better way around it with what's called managed futures funds. What do you think about taking a contrarian look and seeing like oil as cheap as it is? Do you know that this is now the best month in years to buy airfare? Do you take a look at like the negativity on Wall Street and ever go to your own personal real life and think, hey, well, housing prices aren't falling yet, but airfares are falling, so why not take advantage of it? Yeah, it's kind of like when you know a strong dollar takes that advantage to do your international vacation that you wanted to do in, uh, in this part of retirement. So that's a good way to look at it for sure. But 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot of contrarian plays that look very attractive because there is so many stocks that have already entered into a bear market of 20 to 30% on the downside. Um, and those are the first ones that are going to be, you know, flying back as soon as things change. Because things will change. It doesn't look like some sort of a, a credit crisis. Even if we do see um, energy companies defaulting on their high-yield bonds, um, so far what the banks have said is that they're, the, the exposure to the energy sector isn't, as bad as what is priced into things like high yield bonds and things like that yet. So you don't think we're going back to like the 15th or 14th century economy is where we're using swords and and such to settle our affairs? I think this is a, you know, even if if we do go into a recession, this is why we say have three years worth of portfolio draws in cash to get you through a bear market. That way your cash, dividends from your stocks, your interest from your bonds will allow you to remain invested and because nobody can time their entry point the right way. It might feel good to sell and get out, but what feels absolutely awful is you sell and get out, you wait out a year, the mar- bottom mark, the market bottoms, and then it eventually shoots past you 10, 15%, and then you have lost out on huge upside. This, this will you know, bull markets, bull markets tend to run 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 months and they're followed by bear markets, and we've come through a bull market that kind of went sideways last year. So a bear market, and I'm not saying bear market yet because I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But if it were to hit, it's typically pretty short. It's typically between one to two years most, and it creates the buying opportunity of a lifetime. If you don't buy, all you're left with is a shirt that says something like, you know, I survived a bear market, and all I got is this <laughs> stupid shirt. So I, look at, That's, I, I think we can make a little <laughs> extra income with that. We may need some extra income, so because uh, I'm certainly not going to get it for my singing voice. Um, with that said, you can meet CFP Chad Burton and myself. We're going to be talking about income in retirement, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar in Palo Alto, January 28th. Uh, Chad also does a radio show here on KDOW 1220. It's available on iTunes. It's available on his website, newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, so I highly – his show is – chock full of information. It's really a one-hour bullet shot into finances. My show, two hours a day, uh, kind of widespread over business events, economy, some financial planning ideas. His show, Bullet Shot into Financial Planning, you can hear that today here at 1 o'clock on KDOW. Um, the 10 Pillars Retirement Income Planning is coming up on the 28th in Palo Alto. It's the, the Elks Lodge, great location. We're going to be talking low interest rate environment, which we are still in, even though the Fed's raised. We're talking about outliving your savings, social security issues, uh, estate planning, legacy issues, tax-efficient investing, and much, much more. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. The oil route is deepening. There's a glut of oil. Iran is now selling oil again into the markets, battling with Saudi Arabia for who can pump it out of the ground cheapest. Uh, So we're seeing oil at $27.5 a barrel. I saw a new low at the pump yesterday for myself. First new low in a long, long time. Not ever, but new low in a long, long time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. If you have an email question, drop it to me at rob at robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. First 10 trading days of this year have been pretty miserable. It's a horrible start to the year. You can't really sugarcoat that, can you? With that being said, is it a buying opportunity? Is it happening too fast? Bear markets tend to happen painfully slow. And uh, you tend to notice them. Like, there goes January, there goes February, there goes March. There goes, you know, the first half of the year, and then it goes a whole year. This is half a month. It's a little bit too fast. Now, it's creating some incredible values in some stocks, in some markets, some sectors. Um, you know, Netflix came out with a pretty good quarter, and last night you saw the stock jump 9%, and then today it sells off because the market's selling off. Market sell-offs can get kind of complicated because the S&P 500 has a lot of stocks in it. And you have a couple big names that can pull down the whole sector. Um, it's market weighted. Same thing with Dow Jones Industrial Average. When IBM comes out with stinky numbers, it hurts the market. What IBM said, though, to me was more upsetting than IBM themselves. I don't care about IBM. Um, I probably own it passively in an index like an S&P 500. I don't own it intentionally, but it represents capitalism on some levels. It's had 14 straight quarters of, of bad revenue. It's time to let the CEO go, not because she's done a bad job, but because we're looking to someone else to say, okay, maybe we should be doing more of this and less of that. And I don't want to get rid of CEOs. I don't want to play God and get people fired. Um, but there's a lot of issues out there right now, and these aren't small. You know, stocks zigzag dramatically in August, September, October. And, you know, I said bear markets happen from over a long time. You can look at January and say, okay, it's been zagging, 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 zagging on a day-by-day basis. But you go back to the months and you start seeing it as a zigzag as well. Uh, But we're just down at this point in time. Falling oil prices, growth concerns internationally, debt concerns, earnings concerns, policy concerns. Uh, Should you panic? History says no. Stock markets average 9.7% return a year since 2000, since 1998. 9.7% return since 1928. Now, since then, there's been World War, not one, but World War II. There's been Vietnam, there's been Korea, there's been nuclear blasts, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. There's been recessions, depressions. There's been the internet being invented by Al Gore. There's been... You know, uh, the modern age of flying, massive inventions in technology, in aviation. There's been satellites. There's been uh, Saddam Hussein, Iraq War One, Iraq War Two. 
goal for one, goal for two. There's been a lot, 9.7%. So the 1950s saw an age of consumerism post the big war, World War II. We had to turn our war factories into factories that could produce washers and dryers and sell things like blenders to Americans, and we did. That's where we became, quote-unquote, great. Um, But unfortunately, we have a negative market. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to, like, tell you it's not pretty right now. Netflix numbers could be sliced and diced. From the U.S. standpoint, they're probably saturated as far as consumers or subscribers go. 5.6 million. Or one thing that they could do is really get strict on their passwords and where you're logging in, what sort of internet connection you're using, because I know a lot of people share Netflix. Netflix uh, is such a ingrained in our culture now. There's a phrase for basically hooking up with a member of the opposite sex called, you know, you want a Netflix and chill. Um, that's pretty powerful when you get that kind of cultural knowledge, acknowledgement. The first 50 million people to, to get to sign up are easy. The next 50 million is tough. So Netflix must add customers at a steady clip to pay for its growing programming obligations, which will total $5 billion this year. So Netflix's CEO, Reed Hastings, has pledged material profits once the company completes the international rollout. So um, the company has long targeted you know, 60 to 90 million U.S. customers. And they're going to have to retain them, and they're going to raise rates um, probably in the third, second and third quarters on people who've been using the 799 service. So they're going to keep a service out there that's more standard uh, definition versus high definition. But they've done some great jobs. The released the comedy um, Aziz Ansari's Master of None. That got rave reviews, and it's pretty darn funny. Um, they got Jessica Jones um, in the most recent quarter. So they continue to roll out hit, a- not hit after hit, but pretty darn impressive lineup. And they've got, you know, uh, they're going to have to start saying no to some of their programs that have become too popular. Um, House of Cards. I, They need to end that show because the programming cost is going up with each season as the actors realize, hey, we're on to something here. Pay us more. As the production company says, you want crazier? We need a little bit more money to, to hire writers to do crazier. So anyway, that's my update for you. <clears throat> um, oil route is hitting the markets pretty hard. Don't let it get to you. I mean, it's getting to you. I would you know, uh, change the way you, you, you angle things. 800-516-1220. It's a route. Try to get past the day. Think about next year. I'm Rob Black. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.